and welcome once again to another edition of The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z right here on prn.live. And you can hear our shows um, basically anytime you want because they're all archived. You can find our shows by just going to The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z. And you can actually go to any um, webcast place that you like, for instance, Odyssey or Amazon or, you know, iHeartRadio, any of the places you can find your podcasts. And we have the natural nurse and Dr. Z, Dr. Eugene Sanford, and I haven't actually been doing that show, this particular show. We have been doing this actually since 1987 because we had it on regular radio and then eventually it migrated um, to podcasts. And when Gary Null began this station because Progressive Radio Network is Gary Null's station, and I'm sure you listen to him here as well. Um, then he invited us to do this show also here on Progressive Radio Network. So we're so happy to be with you. We have thousands of shows online that you can listen to. And we also, of course, do lots and lots of classes, both online and in person. The best place to find those is to go to naturalnurse.com. If you go to the website, naturalnurse.com, on the top, there's something that says join the mailing list. If you want to do that, you only put in your email. No other questions are asked. And we send out, oh, maybe once a month or less. So we don't, do not inundate you with emails. But you can always come on your own to naturalnurse.com. And if you want to see which classes are up and coming, then you can just go to classes and events. And right now we have so many things planned. For instance, the 13th annual Florida Herbal Conference is March 1st through 3rd. So that's coming up right away. And I'm really excited about that. I have presented at most of the 13 of, of those that they've had. And I will be there this um, March as well, along with wonderful herbalists such as Seven Song and Mimi Hernandez, who we had on as our guest last week with her beautiful, beautiful new book uh, put out by National Geographic and it's called National Geographic Herbal. So she will there be at the conference. Seven Song, who's a long time, very knowledgeable herbalist. And actually we have many, many speakers coming. If you go to naturalnurse.com and events, there's a nice poster about the Florida Herbal Conference, March one through three. Maybe you wanna get a little break from the winter if you're listening up in the Northeast, or maybe you wanna join us in person because you're somewhere in Florida or you can drive here. So. That's it's almost closed out. So I would suggest you do that pretty soon. However, they also have the Florida Herbal Conference that you can register for a virtual attendance. And if you do that, you'll actually be with us live during our classes. And then you get to revisit all the lectures, I think for another year that you have access to all the online data. And there's wonderful musical performances and, you know, we do drumming and dancing and the beautiful little store set up with all herbal crafts. So it's a really great time. I can't wait to go. It's the 13th annual Florida Herbal Conference. We're now back in person 
for a few years, it was all virtual, but the virtual went so well that we're continuing to offer it either in person or virtual. So just go to naturalnurse.com and click on events and you will find it there. It's right there. It's also on Natural Nurse Facebook and Instagram and all those kind of places. We actually have over 40 classes there. So you can find out more. Then we have a free class, which is about Hildegard, weaving the tapestry of healing from the cosmic elements. And this is free and open to all. And it's being held by New York, NYU College of Nursing. It's the NYU Rory Myers College of Nursing that is hosting this Hildegard lecture, which is just amazing. Um, Hildegard, mystic, psychic, visionary, nurse, herbalist, weaving the tapestry of healing <clears throat> from the cosmic elements. It is free. It is open to all. If you go to naturalnurse.com, you'll see it. And there's actually a place that you have to email and request the Zoom link. That's all you have to do. And if you are someone who uses CE units, it offers one CE. CE hours are available for nurses. And that's for nurses and nurse practitioners, which are provided by the NYU Rory Myers College of Nursing. So that's another class that's coming up very soon. And you can res register right now online at naturalnurse.com. And then we have our very um, important once a year natural nurse herbal certification course. That's starting in March. It runs for four months. So it's March, April, May, and June, where we actually delve in to how you become an herbalist. So it's about becoming an herbalist, which could mean for yourself and your family. It could mean only for yourself that you want to know how to choose herbs widely, wisely. Or it could mean that you would like to be an herbalist as a profession. So all of those categories of people with an interest in some kind of thing having to do with herbal, it would be excellent to take this class. It does offer 18 CEUs for any professional that needs CEUs during their extension of their license, such as massage therapists and nurses and RDs, registered dietitians. If you know anyone with one of those licenses who would like to get 18 credits learning holistic herbalism rather than just taking another class in, in a drug of some kind, you know, tell them about the class because that is 18 CEUs. Now, if you're someone who's just interested in herbal medicine and you don't have any need for continuing education of any kind, that's fine too. It's also open to all. So just go to naturalnurse.com under schedule and you'll be able to join us for any of those exciting events that are coming up. And today on The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z, We'd love to feature our guest, Dr. Stacy Hunt. She is an MD, medical doctor, and an NBWHC. We'll find out what those mean because she's a certified health coach. Uh, Dr. Hunt is a radiologist, a certified health coach, and a lifelong global adventure traveler, as well as being a, a wife and a mother. She originally got her degree in psychology from Emory, 
and then her MD from NYU Medical School and completed her training in diagnostic radiology and spe specialization in body imaging at Mount Sinai. So Stacy's journey into health and wellness began with training at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and the Institute for Lifestyle Medicine. And she maintained a certification as a National Board of Health and Wellness coach, along with training as a life coach through the Coach Training Institute. For over 10 years, she has conducted workshops, lectured to physicians, medical students, and the general public on various aspects of wellness and self-care. And today, we will have a link from her bio to a place you can actually read a wonderful article that she wrote as well um, in Aunt Minnie. After Stacy's kids grew up and left for college, then she brought together her greatest passions and started L.H. Adventure Travel. L.H. Adventure Travel is where she curates and hosts women's wellness travel adventures based on the tenets of lifestyle medicine. Her philosophy on women's travel is deeply rooted in her belief that exploration is not just about visiting exciting new places, but also about personal growth, healing, and connection. So thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Stacey Fun. Thank you, Helen. I'm happy to be here. So we go back really a long time. I don't remember when I met you, but I know it was on Long Island. And I remember when I met you. Oh, good. Share with us. <laughs> I remember when I met you because my son, they thought he had ADHD, and I was looking for some potential natural routes to go. And that's the very first time I met you. I brought my kids to you when they were little. Oh, okay. Going back in time. And now how old are those children? Yeah, now they're 20. Yeah, my son was like four when when I brought him to you. And now they're I knew, 20. That's amazing. Doing great and in college yeah. and doing very, very well. That's such exciting news. And, you know, luckily, I'm sure you paid attention with him to things like food and nutrition. Yeah, that was the route that we go. That really is what opened up my mind. Um, you know, I was trained in very conventional medicine. This was before gluten-free became a big thing. And somebody said to me, why don't you just try to change diet for him? Because he was really bonkers. And we started the evaluation and we were meeting with the the therapists and the, the medical doctors. And I figured, well, all it, all it's going to take is some time and some, you know, some money. And we figured we'd give it a try and we completely changed his diet. And, and he was a different kid for him. I, and that doesn't work for every kid, but for our kid, it was completely transformative. And that's what first opened up my mind to the impact of the way that we live and the effect it has on our health, which I didn't really think about before in my medical training, interestingly. Wow, that's spectacular. That And see, the thing is this, like you said, Dr. Fun, it's not an end-all and be-all that every single person will be totally cured. But what is the side effect of trying? That's what I figured, right? My kids were little, so we did it. We made it a game. We did it a science experiment. The whole family did it, you know, and we just made it a game that we were going to see if we felt any different, you know, and that's the way we did it. And it was really, it was amazing for our family. So that's why, that's one of the wonders of natural interventions and holistic medicine is 
it can like actually create a cure or maybe just help a little or maybe just help not at all. That is also possible, although I rarely see that, but it's certainly possible. However, what I really take issue with with conventional medicine is that the same thing. It often will help, help a little, help a lot, not help at all, but very often comes with a very long list of very serious adverse effects that are sometimes worse than the original issue. Well, you know what, that, that could be a whole separate, that could be a whole separate conversation. But what I'll say is this, I definitely, look, if I have appendicitis, <laughs> if I'm in a car accident, anything like that, you bet I'm going to the hospital and I'm and I'm doing whatever they tell me to do. Right. But there's a branch of medicine, and that's what got me interested in all this, that is now conventional, and it's called lifestyle medicine. There's the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. And this is all evidence-based medicine that utilizes behavioral interventions to prevent or treat chronic disease. So I think this is becoming much, much more mainstream, right? And and the, the six tenets of lifestyle medicine, it doesn't go into a lot of what you do with more natural medicine, but it's how we live. It's how we eat. It's how we move. It's how we manage stress. It's how we relate to each other, our personal relationships. It's how we sleep. And it's how we deal with addictive substances. Those are the six basic tenets of lifestyle medicine. And that has its own college, its own medical conferences now. And I think that is becoming much more mainstream. And I think that those are really, really critical parts of health and wellness. And I'm I'm so happy to see this being adopted by so many medical communities now. It really is because I'm on the board of the NIH and that's actually the National Institute of Health. And they're talking about adopting the tenets of lifestyle medicine as what should be done at first intervention as standard of practice across yes. the board. That's yes. huge. Yes. Huge. Yeah. It's and it huge. has it has to do with actually going to your regular doctor and getting a, a food plan, looking at what toxins are in your house, et cetera. Um, yes. what med not meditation, but some kind of stress relieving practice. And that that would be something you would actually get at your regular conventional doctor visits. That's how well proven it is. Yes. Like, like physicians will now write prescriptions for movement, you know, and you know, I've seen the numbers up to 80%, Ellen, this number blows me away, 80% of chronic illnesses, heart attacks, strokes, cancer, dementia, up to 80% is lifestyle related. It's how we're living our lives. And, and all that science is now coming out, all that data is now coming out. And I think there is becoming a big shift, you, you know, to become, um, much more mindful of that and shifting how we address health and wellness in this country. And you're right at the forefront of it. So thank you so much for sharing. So with your interest in all these things, you combined, as you said, your interest in travel. Tell us what how you feel about travel and why you thought you'd bring that together and actually offer wellness travel adventures yeah, this is such an exciting phase for me. It really, it really is. You know, I've had like a few different lives, as many of us do, right? And 
I have been a global adventure traveler my entire adult life. Like I was the one before the internet who went off to Africa by myself with the guidebook, you know, who was just walking down the streets of Dar es Salaam and, and made my way to a Rushan safari. Like that was me. Um, you know, I would go without fancy meals or cars, but I always had to travel. It's just, it's just been in my blood forever. So that's just been a side interest. And you know, when you go to other countries, and I have been to a lot of developing countries and indigenous communities, and you see that they live so differently than we do in, in this country. So that's just always been a separate passion of mine. And then about 10 years ago, I went through all the lifestyle medicine training, and I became a health coach. And I did a lot of lecturing and a lot of workshops. And I think those could be really effective. And that's wonderful. But COVID, I, I did have the idea before COVID. Um, I had the idea of just combining everything. And I did create my first adventure to Zion National Park. Um, and it sold out and then COVID hit. And so we ended up not going. And oh. had, yeah, it was, it was so it was upsetting. It was for May and you know, everything shut down like February and March. And um, but then during COVID, I was doing more lecturing and coaching. And just for me personally, and all those things are so valuable. For me personally, I got to the point where I didn't want any more lectures. I wanted experiential. I didn't want any more Zooms. I wanted connection, like real connection. So it just became the things that I really started to desire in my own life. And then my kids went to college. So it opened up that space. And and I really, I had a very hard time when they first left for college. Um, you know, it was, it was a big void for me because they were my creative outlet and they were my passion and, you know, everything went into mothering my children. I really, really enjoyed that role. And um, right when they left, also my father died and my father-in-law died all within two months, you know, and then the twins left. So it was all all those voids. And I I felt, I, I really felt that like there was a big hole, there was something missing. And I went to Nepal, trekking in Nepal, because I just always loved to travel. And that was such a spiritual journey for me. And when I came back from that trip, I was very, very, very clear. It was time to put it all together. And that's when I started LH Adventure Travel. And LH is for lifestyle health, because it's based on lifestyle medicine. And this is about how we live our lives for health. And so it's lifestyle health adventure travel. And um, I knew that was just the place where I wanted to now put that creativity and that passion and and that energy since my life roles had shifted at that point. Which happens to a lot of people, you know, as the children grow up or whatever is next. It's yes. true. Yes, yes. So it's just, you know, somebody once said to me, you know, one day you'll stand at the top of the mountain and you'll be able to look back and see the road that got you there, <laughs> you know, but as you're climbing, good way to say it's it. hard to see. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's not that I'm at the end of my mountain, hopefully, but um, it's just a little bit clearer now, um, the different pieces that have come together that at this point of my journey allow me to now do this work that is just so satisfying to me and utilizes my personal gifts, which, or my talents. And as you know, it's just so rewarding when you can utilize your skills in your work life that you're sharing with other people. It's just a very satisfying, rewarding experience. 
Well, if anyone would like to call in with a question today, because we're going to go to a little break soon to listen to the natural medicine chest, but you can call in to ask the question of Dr. Stacy Funt, and you can call in at the number 888-874-4888. That's 888-874-4888. And we'll be, you know, continuing our conversation here as we do. We talked about lifestyle medicine, and you're talking about LH, and that's what you're saying stands for your your tour company. Yes, the name of the tour company is LH Adventure Travel. And so have you been on any trips with them? Yes, yes. Um, I've been on a few. We had um, a small trip to Zion last year, uh, and then we had um, a sold-out trip to Morocco in October, which was amazing. I, I don't think I mentioned my trips are for women only. Um, oh, okay. Uh, yes. You did. I didn't I, mention it. You did. Yeah. Yes. So these are women's adventures, which is really, it's just so wonderful, the bonding and the conversations that go on. And so um, we went to Morocco, October of this past year, and um, four facets of lifestyle medicine are built into every itinerary that I have. And that's the movement, the food, the community, and the stress management. Um, and so we hiked in the high Atlas mountains and we star bathed in the middle of the Sahara underneath the sky. We slept in the desert and we had a cooking tour, you know, we had a cooking class in, in the desert and we wandered through the sooks of Marrakesh. And it was just, it was just a magical, it was a magical trip. We went up to the blue city of Shifshawen and to Fez and, um, it was, absolutely spectacular that was like food for all five senses every single sense gets gets woken up in marrakesh i'm doing it again next october that one's already um planned and ready to go and um everybody absolutely absolutely loved it and then um in three weeks i'm going to guatemala to antigua guatemala and um there will be kayaking on a lake and hiking a volcano and um staying in a spa resort and um, oh, I forgot to mention in Morocco, the stress management part, we all went to a spa. We had the hammam. Do you know what the hammam is? Well, we'll go into that a little bit more. You know, maybe we'll take a break right here uh, first. Perfect. Yeah. So okay. we'll take the break now. Let's listen to the natural medicine chest. And when we come back, um, you can call in with your questions if you'd like at 888-874-4888. And we'll start to go deeply into some of the wonderful adventures that happened when you attend lhadventures.com. And that would be with Dr. Stacy Funt, medical doctor, our guest today. And we will be right back with more right here on The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z. On this edition of The Natural Medicine Chest, we'll discuss the nutrient known as taurine. Amino acids are chemical constituents that form the building blocks of protein in the body. The official definition of an amino acid is a compound which contains an amino group and a carboxylic acid. Taurine contains a sulfonic group instead, so is not a true amino acid, although it is often referred to as one. The intracellular concentration of taurine is 10 times that of any normal free amino acid. Taurine was discovered in 1827 
But the significance of taurine in nutrition was not realized until 1975 when the journal Science published a study showing that taurine deficient cats suffered from retinal degeneration. In 1986, the annual review of biochemistry reported that the amount of taurine present in mammalian milk depends on the species. Natural human mother's milk is rich in taurine, but cow's milk, except for the early milk known as colostrum, is taurine deficient. Pediatrics Journal in 1983 printed a study which outlined several of the biologically significant functions of taurine, and an effort was then made to fortify infant formula by adding taurine. Some species of animals, such as cats, cannot synthesize taurine within their bodies, and so must receive it through their diets. Humans have a very limited ability to synthesize taurine, so adequate intake through diet and supplementation is important. The principal source of dietary taurine is meat of various types and shellfish. Even people ingesting sufficiently high levels of taurine may develop a deficiency due to the overgrowth of certain anaerobic intestinal microorganisms which consume taurine. Certain prescription drugs are known inhibitors of taurine uptake. The Journal of Neurochemistry published a study in 1975 which showed that taurine concentrations are extremely high in the retina. In fact, the retina contains two binding proteins specific for taurine. Research has yet to determine exactly how taurine functions in the eye, but deficiency of taurine has been found to lead to the degeneration of photoreceptor cells. Continued studies on taurine have linked its presence to several biological functions, besides being a protector of the delicate tissues of the eye. Taurine helps to neutralize oxidizing agents caused by ionizing radiation. Taurine is present in high concentrations in the normal heart. It stimulates white blood cell motility and protects cell membranes from free radical damage. Taurine has proven useful in epileptics to reduce or control seizures. It helps modulate the transport of substances such as sodium, potassium, magnesium, copper, and iron across cell membranes. Additional research supports taurine's role in preventing gallstones. So, as you can see, the nutrient taurine may be an important addition to your natural medicine test. And we're back. Thank you so much for that cue there from the, our wonderful engineers. You know, we bring you the natural nurse and Dr. Z live, and it's coming to you from our own studios in Manhattan, in New York City, to wherever you are. And isn't it amazing that we actually can visit with people all over the country and literally around the world. We have listeners internationally, and it's so wonderful, and we love to hear from you. And you can get in touch with us by going to naturalnurse.com, or if you prefer Facebook, The Natural Nurse, or Instagram, The Natural Nurse, all those things are there. And a wonderful way to look at what our guest today, Dr. Stacy Hunt, is up to is her website, which, by the way, is working beautifully now, Dr. Stacey, and it's called LH Adventures, and you have beautiful, beautiful pictures there. Thank it's you, so Ellen. Much. I just want to, um, it's lhadventuretravel.com. Okay, lhadventuretravel.com, and we do yeah. have a live link to that, which will be by your um, by your bio. Thank so you. So it's easy to find, but I'm looking at it right now, and it looks like you 
you guys were hiking along a mountain ridge. Where is that? Yeah, the the a lot of the pictures on here are from Morocco. It was just spectacular. This is all in the High Atlas Mountains. And um it it I can't even explain how beautiful it was, really. And then you have something that looks like you were at sort of the marketplace. Because there's yeah. all kinds of bright spices and foods. Yeah. So um, again, I try to bring in all the different facets of lifestyle medicine into the trip. So we want to experience the traditional culture and we want to experience the nature and see how people live. So um, part of this is from a market in Rasani. It's a very traditional market near the desert um, that takes place three days a week and very few tourists are there. It's where the local people come to sell their goods, their their livestock. It was very, very exciting time. And then, of course, we went to all the markets in Marrakesh where it is a shopper's heaven. <laughs> Even if you're not a shopper, everything is just so magnificent there from the handmade carpets to the brass to, uh, it's just, it's a magnificent country. I, I can't say enough about it, really. Beautiful place. And if you're looking at the spices, I think in most international cuisines, there's a much greater use of spices. They're not thinking about it necessarily as medicine, but yet their food is so much richer in colorful antioxidants than would be found in what we might call the SAD, Standard American Diet. Absolutely. You know, I have a trip. I'm going to Guatemala next month, right? And it is so easy to eat whole foods wherever you go outside of America because it is how so many people live. I mean, they they really don't have the level of processed foods that we have to a lot of the places that I visit. Um, so the food part becomes very easy. Well, yes, except I guess people are sometimes worried about things like, you know, drinking water in places they don't all have the same filtration or your body's just not used to it. Yeah, water's a completely different story. And of course, you know, you have to make sure that it's food that's safe to eat. Um, water, um, we we it, it depends where we are. Like Guatemala, you can't have any of the water, not even to brush your teeth. Um, but we also try to do sustainable travel. So a lot of times we bring our own filters, like the GeoPress filter, or we'll get the bottled water. Mm -hmm. That's a good idea. If you can get it, I've been in very, very remote areas where there really isn't any. So. Well, yeah, every place I bring a group, I have I have traveled to and and researched extensively. So I, you know, I make sure it's appropriate for group travel. Yeah, mm -hmm. and you do so many other things there because you're incorporating your belief in lifestyle medicine into the travel experience. Yes, yeah. So it just means curating. It just means curating parts of the trip that allow for that. You know, my goal is that um, women come home really inspired and and just feeling so alive and um, and and that they just had this this big exciting moment of caring for themselves and feeling very much like authentic and and awake to life, if that makes sense. Like that's. That's kind of the goal of the trips, you know, that we live well and share it together and have these really, really memorable, exciting experiences. And so when I curate it, um, you know, that's what I'm 
that's what I'm looking for with moments of relaxation and quiet as well. And different, like um, Guatemala is a totally different vibe than Morocco was. And Guatemala, it's it's in Antigua, Guatemala, not Guatemala City. It's like a, a beautiful, relaxed colonial city with cobblestone streets. And they were staying in one place. Morocco was very active. We moved a lot because it's a very big country. Um, the Guatemala trip, we're staying in one place the whole time. And it's a shorter trip. So so it all depends on where I'm going, but all four aspects of lifestyle medicine will be in each in each itinerary. Well, as many of our listeners probably know, we do trips like this and have for 40 years, and it's called Echo Tours for Cures, which is a similar concept that we're going on a tour, but we're also integrating in a lot of herbal knowledge and a lot of like what you're saying, you know, natural lifestyle concepts. So ours, however, we allow men, though. It's not just women. Why did you choose to do your trips as just women only? Yeah, well, um, first of all, um, also, there's no lectures on this at all. Like there is CME available because I do get physicians on my trips. And so I do have CME available. Um, uh, It's kind of like a virtual CME they can do. But I wanted completely experiential Um, And I decided to do women only because um, I think in building community, it just allows for a different kind of a connection. And um, I also thought there was a need. There are a lot of women, a a lot of women on my trips, not everyone, but most are 40s to 60s, right? And that's an age where women um, oftentimes want to travel. And if they have a partner, their partner may not want to travel, or maybe they don't have a partner or... Um, I think there's just something special when you get a group of women together. I think the dialogue becomes very different. I think the level of connection becomes very different. Um, Eventually, once my husband retires, we will have some couples trips where it'll be still women if they want to bring a partner, right? That um, we'll do some of those um, because he's a great traveler and great fun. And and, um, we'll, we'll open that up in the future. But as of right now, I really love the idea of women connecting. I think there gets to be a level of support and and honesty and connection that we don't always that it just that I just think it's a little bit easier to foster when it is all women. It has a different vibe for sure. It has a different I, vibe. Yes. And it, you know, um in the evenings we have conversation. Of course, no one has to, you know, have to participate, but we do do some conversation about like the different phases that women go through. And there are a lot of different phases, like development does not stop when you become an adult, (laughs) you know, there are many different phases that um, women go through that aren't necessarily talked about so often in culture, in our general culture. And it's just nice if people want to discuss that they can, or like one evening, I usually teach people how to do trinities. Um, it's where you just share a brag, a desire, and a gratitude and witness each other. There's no crosstalk. You just like witness each other and get heard. And it's really empowering for women to learn how to brag um, because I think often women are taught, don't brag. Like, oh my, you know, like that's so boastful. And we tend to sometimes connect more through our discomfort than through our um, than through our accomplishments. Well, and, that's very interesting. So that yeah. they'd be more kvetching. That's a Jewish <laughs> <time>. <laughs> um, I mean, it, I, I think just that's just sometimes how 
women are taught, um, sometimes we're afraid to really shine our light, that other women may be afraid of that or may shun us for it. Or may, it's, just, it's just the way sometimes society raises us where, um, you know, um, I, I, I'm generalizing here, so don't shoot me for it. But I think sometimes men, um, it's, it's a little bit more natural for them to share their accomplishments in a very confident, natural, comfortable way where um, it's not always as easy for women to do that. Um, I think because of the way that we've been raised. I mean, I see that in medicine. I see a big difference between male and female physicians sometimes. And so this- That's interesting. Let me stop you there. (laughs) What what would be one that you would point out there? You're saying in your professional life as a female physician. This is just what I'll point out, right? Radiology. Radiology is a tough field. It's a tough, it's a tough field. We all miss things sometimes. Hopefully not a big thing or hopefully it's caught right away. You do your best, right? But everybody misses. It's part of the job. We're reading hundreds and hundreds of films and you know, just sometimes your eye doesn't entirely catch something. So we have peer review and we have ways to bring that up to each other and and to show that. And we learn from that. And you usually never miss the same thing twice, right? So so that's a really wonderful process. And I've been in this field a very long time. And sometimes you bring it up directly to somebody else or sometimes it's just brought up in a group. And I have noticed just from my experience, when you bring that up to a male physician, they'll say, oh, okay. And then that's the end. And you bring that up to a female physician. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I can't believe I missed that. I can't believe there's like such a different level of um, self-deprecation from a miss that happens to everyone. Um, It seems like such um, from at least an outward expression, maybe a male is experiencing that in an inward level, but I just know from the outward expression, it's, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm really good. And sometimes I miss it where, um, I get more, and I've spoken very honestly about women with that, uh, about this, um, we tend to doubt ourselves a little bit more, more of the imposter syndrome kind of thing. That that has been my experience. So that's interesting. And of course, that's not true for every single one who's in a particular, you know, male or female of body. Of course but, not. Of course not. Of course. But, you know, we are raised differently and we are indoctrinated differently. And I'm so happy to say that is changing. That is definitely changing. Also, I'm just saying your family structure, because you have twin boys and your Uh, husband. I have a boy and a girl. Oh, you have a girl too. Yeah. So so you had an experience with both as they grew up. Yes. And so that's very interesting that that you've actually looked at that. And there's certainly a certain bonding. Like once a month, I do go to a group that's a women's only drumming Uh circle. And then they have other events, which are more, you know, mix of whosoever comes. So I think it's an interesting dynamic, especially on the road like that. And you say certain ages usually attend your trip. Is it limiting or are you looking for, for older women? I mean, anybody's welcome. The reason why I say that is because the level of physical activity, this is an active trip, but we're not like running up Everest, right? Like, you know, a 25 year old hiking the mountains may want to hike at a different level than, uh, you know, 50 year old women. Now, don't get me wrong. Like these women are awesome. Everybody's in good shape. Um, But, you know, 20 year olds may want a little bit more wild, crazy, you know, you're just in a different phase of your life sometimes. But of course, not not all. I mean, 
you know, and there are 70 year olds that could beat me up the mountain. And then, you know, Morocco, we had a 35 year old. She was amazing. And they would, they, they felt like no age difference whatsoever. Um, but this just tends to be who's signing up at this point. And if a 22 year old hears that, oh, most women are forties to sixties, she, she may not want to go, you know, she may not feel comfortable in that circle. And this is the age I am, right? This is my, this is my group. And, um, so it's just, to me, it's really fun. It's just like, we had so much fun together. It was just like girlfriends hanging out, um, you know, and experiencing this thing. And of course, any age is, is welcome. Um, you just want to, I do list what the activity level is, you know, to make sure that it's appropriate for you, that you won't be frustrated or that it won't be um, too much. And at this point, no one can just sign up for my trips. I have a one-on-one -on -one Zoom with everyone um, for quite a while, just so they get to know me and they get to hear about the trip and just, you know, to try it on and, and you know, make sure that it feels like a great fit and something they'd be really excited to do. So in other words, since this is a pretty big life adventure, People cannot just like sign up and go. It's At like this they, point, they no. speak to you first. And then, you know, you bring people who you feel would be able to handle the amount of physical activity you do. And, you know, what else? What are some of the things you evaluate if you were going to have someone go to your website, which is beautiful, by the way? Thank you so much. Thanks. I, that was my artistic project. I, yeah, I did uh, do that. It was very exciting. And so many of the pictures of mine. But um it's a small group, right? My groups are usually a minimum of six, a maximum of 12. So we're a small group. And um, so what I discuss with everyone is, um, first of all, we go with a, an a, uh, with an attitude of openness and resilience, right? Because you know when you travel, things happen. Always, so, always. I was going to bring that up. Always, I mean, right? The bus doesn't show up or exactly. it breaks out and has a flat tire. Or exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, so, um, you know, um, you want the excitement of travel and, and have an air of resilience. And, you know, like, like um, one woman... Um, she was thinking of going and I'm glad we Zoomed together. She had never hiked ever. And some trips are much easier than others, but the Morocco one, the way we did it last time, this trip, next time I'm gonna have two different levels of hiking. Um, I'm gonna have two guides for every hike. The last one though, it was, you know, it was moderate, but like, you know, we were there and it was rocky and she had never hiked in her life and she had never left the country before. And um, so if I didn't say no, but I did, recommend to her before she sign up. I suggested a few hikes for her to try, um, you know, to see what that felt like, um, you know, and then after she went to do that, she decided this wasn't the right trip for her at, at this point. And don't get me wrong, Ellen, I'm not running up a mountain. These are moderate hikes, right? Like 1500 foot climb. Like I'm going to Zion in April, 1500 foot climb is the biggest one. And then, you know, we're going hiking in Zion for three days and then two days at a spa. So it's not it's not all, you know, um, a lot of exertion, but you do want to be comfortable hiking if you're going on a hiking trip. That makes um, sense. Well, we're going to take a little break right here so that our station, Progressive Radio Network, where you find at prn.live, can tell you about itself and some other shows that they have besides The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z. You can always find us at naturalnurse.com, and we will be right back with more, and we'll continue our discussion with our wonderful guest, Dr. Stacy Fund, 
MD and her Adventure Travel, which is LH Adventure Travel. And you can find that lovely website there. We will be right back with more right here on The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z. We're back. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is Ellen Kamai, The Natural Nurse, and we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch by going to naturalnurse.com. There's a button to contact The Natural Nurse, or you could go to facebook.com and look for Natural Nurse, and also Instagram, all those places. But I like talking about the website more because at naturalnurse.com, you can get so much free information. We have literally thousands of articles. And of course, you can listen to any of our podcasts, including this one, The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z. And we have another one called Herbally Yours. Both of those are listed on all podcast venues. And at naturalnurse.com, we're constantly updating our event schedule. And we don't bother doing that on the Facebook page. So we use the web page because I find once you put it there, it stays there. And other places, it seems to have, you know, some kind of lifespan and disappear. But we talk a lot about our up and coming lectures, as well as our archived presentations, all of which also offer CE credits. Our archived presentations can be found at Natural Nurse Academy. They're all in a list. When you decide to take one, it's very specific. Like let's say you suffer from pain or let's say you have another health issue and you just wanna learn about what are the holistic recommendations. So once you take one of those classes, you're actually told what the science offers in terms of herbs, foods, and natural health remedies that can be used for specific issues. But you're not getting it as a recommendation, you're taking it as a class. And by the way, although you do get to see me talking in a little YouTube like a lecture, you also get all the handouts physically. So you download them and you have them. So you have them for the future and you can look that up and look more into it. But in any way, We'd love to see you visit and let us know, you know, any feedback that you have at naturalnurse.com. Today we have as our guest, Dr. Stacy Hunt. She is a medical doctor and we're talking about her trips and you can find them along with beautiful pictures about them at lhadventuretravel.com. And the site is opening up beautifully with lots of descriptions of how you get involved with that. Dr. Hunt, where do most of your attendees come from? It's been a mix. Um, it's been a mix. I'm in a lot of um, different Facebook groups. And so some of it is from the medical community. So I'd be like, probably like a third of the trips have been female physicians and then, or, or nurses. Um, and and then the rest have really been friends of friends and um, and then people who went on my trips who tell other people. It's just slowing, growing organically that way, mostly. So you find Facebook groups are good to reach out to individuals and let them know about LH Adventure Travel. Yeah, some of them you're not allowed to advertise, but... Um, Anyone who knows me personally knows I've been a traveler forever. So they just see my trips on Facebook. And then as soon as I posted, I was going. A lot of people knew that way. And then some of my some of my physician Facebook groups you are allowed to advertise in. Um, so I mentioned it there and then people joined. Um, so it's been it's been a mix of people. Like um Guatemala, I'm taking 11. 
And that's a really nice mix. Some people going on their own, I'd say like um, about a third are going on their own. And then um, the others are going with one friend. Um, Zion, it's also a mix of people. So wait, when you're talking about Zion, that's in the United States. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's not just international. Okay. I do okay. the United States also. And actually what I'm now developing, um, right now I'm working on Peru, Italy, and Spain. But um, I'm also working on just like two to three day. I want to do a two to three day trip in this country. I'm looking more like upstate New York and the Catskills or the Adirondacks for people who can't get away long. Well, let me, let me throw out a, a possibility for you for the future. It's an absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous place to travel to with lots of adventure, and it's called Bisbee, Arizona. And I actually lived in Bisbee, Arizona for 10 years, and my children were born there on an off-the-grid farm. But it's an amazing place where there's so many caves, like we went into caves that actually have crystals such as amethyst caves, like the whole cave, and just all kinds of very wonderful hiking adventures and and there's a ghost tour of the town and oh, then that there's sounds lovely that yeah exciting. i'll look at that i've been looking at santa fe also. that's nice too yeah but i i don't know of this one i'm writing it down as we speak yeah it's bisbee <laughs> arizona great. i and also ask people to um you know if people have a burning desire for somewhere um you know i'm always happy to create new itineraries and also if there's like a yoga instructor or Anybody who has their own people, um, I'm also really happy to create adventures for other people to host, you know, for other groups to lead. So what do you mean by that? Meaning like if there's, um, let's say there's a yoga instructor or um, or even let's say you or, or somebody who has their own following of people, I would do all the background work and I would create the entire itinerary and um, I would take care of all the admin and then we would have an arrangement. They would go with their people. So I would create the trip for them and their people. I would get them the guides and the, ho you know. And That's the, the biggest yeah. part of the job. Like I said, we've been doing this for 40 years. So that is, you know, you have to have, we always have actual people who live in that area who are native people to the area yes. where we go. Yes. And they give us our tours. But getting in touch with them when we first started doing that 40 years ago, there was no internet and there were yeah. no phones, no yeah. phones anywhere. Yeah. So yeah. we had to go ourselves, meet these people and write letters. And oh then they'd usually have an aunt or something like that who lived in the village who did have a phone. <laughs> you know, so we'd be in yeah. touch with that person and they'd have to actually send a runner to get our contact. So at least you don't have to do all that anymore. No, to me though, like creating, like forming the relationships and creating the itinerary is the really creative process. That That's such a fun part for me. Now with the internet, you have so many, the issue is vetting it all out. And that's and, true. You, you know, finding the people that you really want to work with. And um, it, do, it does take quite a bit of work. It does. But, um, and how do you vet like where you guys stay? I guess you stay in one hotel that you know. Well, is I've at been least to Guatemala. I've been to Guatemala many, many times, so I've done every single thing on this trip. Um, so that makes it really easy. I've been to Zion many, many times. I've like I've stayed. I've done everything that we're doing on those trips, so that makes it easy. Morocco, I didn't. A lot of those things were new, and it just was um, a lot of research, a lot of phone calls and, um, 
you know, and then we, you know, we use their guides and some things, you know, Morocco, we were supposed to go trekking um, in Emlil and three weeks before the trip, the earthquake hit. This so happens. That was like, it, it was a lot of, you know, a lot of shifting. And I know, I know people who were about to go on an Egyptian trip right when the war broke out in Israel, uh, right near yeah. that border crossing yeah. into uh, Egypt. Yeah. Well, we're not going, you know, so anything yeah. can happen right exactly. now. Exactly. Right? So, yeah. So I have a lot of networks of other tour operators now and other travel people. And it's just, um, it's a lot of research. But once an itinerary gets set, like now I'm doing Morocco a second time. I'm doing it a you little know. bit differently and I'm right. going to get, now we'll get to go to Emlil that we didn't get to last time, but. Um, Will you still be doing a desert ride on camels? Yes. Which is oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. That was one of the too. highlights. I mean, the first five days are exactly the same because it was just spectacular. I mean, hiking in Dedes and, and the, the night in the Sahara, it was so much driving because it's a big trip. Now it's beautiful scenery and you get to stop, but I wasn't sure I wanted to do it because it was so much driving. I really had to think about it and talk to a lot of people. And, you know, I figured a desert, like it's so much driving. I had no idea how magnificent that desert was going to feel. It was, it was really, um, it was, it was a spiritual experience. It was just magnificent. It, it looks like it. What a great picture of you leading the troop of the camel riders across yeah. the desert. Yeah, we did have, we did have, we had local guides for everything, of course. You, you know, I was just the host, everything, you know, we had guides for everything. But um, it was really a magical experience. And that night under the stars, you know, you know, those places where you see the Milky Way so clearly. And we were all just, you know, they had drumming around the fire at night and that was all fun. But my favorite part was after we, we the camp was right in the dunes. So we just walked like 10 minutes out on top of a dune and laid in the sand under the most magnificent. I've only seen it like this one night, one night in the Amazon in Peru. I saw it like this as well. And one night in the Whitsunday night islands in Australia. I remember because it's not that often that you truly truly get that magnificent night sky because of so much light pollution that's one thing in bisbee arizona where i mentioned you actually see the sky like in depth in depth yeah. like you don't just see the stars right in front of you you can actually see it three-dimensionally because there's so many areas where there's no lights yeah and that's really Those really special moments very special very very special so yes we're going to the desert again and also seeing how the desert people live and the indigenous communities there it's it's really a beautiful experience and we go to this musical village it's um ganawa music which has now become very famous 60 minutes just had a thing on it these were the african slaves that then ended up in morocco and they passed their heritage and their culture on through music and well they... we got it we have to end it there oh okay be fun so just give a shout out to our listeners about where they can find you Yes. Yeah, so just go to my website, LH Adventure Travel. You can see what's there. You can send me an email and I um, would love to have a conversation about current trips, future trips. I also have a wellness resource page with all of my lifestyle wellness resources and coaching resources if anybody is interested. Is that at the same website or a different yes, website? It's, yes, okay. same we website it under the tab wellness resources. Okay, and also well, for a healthy travel, I have a page on that too. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And listeners, thank you for joining us. You can always find out more at naturalnurse.com. And then until next week, this is Ellen Kamai, the natural nurse, hoping that you 
stay healthy.